Good morning. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for those great hymns and choruses of the faith. We thank you for the faith that is within us, that is a gift from you, our great God. We thank you for your spirit, Lord, who has regenerated us from the dead, who dwells within us, Lord, illuminating your word to us and empowering us to walk in the light thereof. We pray, Father, that your word would move in our midst today, that the application of it would protect us, strengthen us, and equip us for this day, Lord, and the days to come, days of spiritual battle. We look forward to the day of peace. Guard us, Lord, from crying, peace, peace, where there can be no peace. And we look forward to heaven, where you will wipe away every tear. There'll be no more death. Only joy, only the fullness of your love. And we know that in this world, the Lord Jesus has told us, he's not come to bring peace, but a sword. There's a war on for your glory in the redemption of sinners. Grant, Lord, that we would fight a good fight and wield your sword effectively. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I have here in my hands the MacArthur Study Bible that I preached from for the entirety of my ministry. It is signed in the front by Pastor John MacArthur. It was signed in his living room when I had the blessing of attending the Expositors Institute and the final day was there in his living room, in his home, a day of instruction, a day of fellowship, and a final meal together. Presented to Chuck O'Neill, grace to you, exclamation point, by John MacArthur, Joshua 1.8. Joshua 1.8, in context, beginning in verse 6, it says, be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give to them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That is a glorious text of Scripture, powerful, written to encourage 
Joshua originally, and every man of God since. The reason Pastor John MacArthur put pen to the front page of my Bible and wrote Joshua 1.8 was to exhort me as a young pastor to stand firm, to be strong, to be courageous, to fight a good fight, to be a man of God's Word, to meditate in it day and night, and to do according to all that is written in it. For in that, we will find genuine, true success. I love Pastor MacArthur. He has been to me a father in the faith. I have attended the Shepherds Conference for 25 years. Two and a half decades of sitting under Pastor MacArthur. And I am attending again this year. There is no man I've quoted more from this pulpit and in my preaching ministry than John MacArthur. And so it pains me deeply to have the responsibility to stand and speak and expose his error and the harm that he's bringing to Christ's church. What is going on is the question that all men of God need to be asking Pastor John MacArthur and the entire pastoral staff and elder board of Grace Community Church. What is going on? The double-mindedness and hypocrisy in the 2024 Shepherds Conference titled by them, Truth Triumphs, is staggering. John Piper never should have been invited to speak at the Shepherds Conference. Alistair Begg never should have been invited to speak at the Shepherds Conference. Alistair Begg has been allowed to step out. He should have been put out publicly. He should have been 1 Timothy 5, 19-20. Those who are sinning rebuke in the presence of all that the rest may also fear. Or, if you prefer, in the spirit of Galatians, he should have been rebuked before all, as the Apostle Paul rebuked Peter himself before all, for not being straightforward about the gospel. And when you say that the method of reaching homosexuals is to compassionately attend transgender weddings, which aren't weddings at all, and bring a gift, you have not been straightforward about the gospel. Because the Bible says the gospel is the power of God to salvation. Because the Bible says the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. Because the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Because the Bible says that the Bible makes men wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Thus, Alistair Begg should not have been allowed to merely step out lest his presence there cause a distraction. No, his abominable counsel and his wicked defense of his counsel saying that any pastor, pastor, your pastor, who critiques his evil counsel is a Pharisee, 
and likely has the same perverse lust in their hearts, that is deserving. That necessitates a public rebuke before all that the rest may also fear. That the rest may also fear capitulating to the spirit of our age with Alistair Begg, who has used his bully pulpit, his global pulpit, and his global influence to help lead the church astray from Christ, from his law, from biblical morality, and even from the ministry of the gospel. Because the new method of reaching the world of the gospel is to capitulate entirely and go celebrate abomination. What is going on? The double-mindedness is indeed staggering. John Piper should never have been invited to speak at the Shepherds' Conference. He should immediately be disinvited with a clear explanation as to why. Pastor John MacArthur, Phil Johnson, the entire pastoral staff, and the entire elder board at Grace Community Church are publicly shaming themselves and denying their own professed convictions. Just four months ago, John Piper shared the pulpit at TGC with Sam Albury, the abomination-attracted woke Anglican priest, David Platt, woke as they come, and Legan Duncan, who wrote the foreword to the book Woke Church, and is famously woke as he wept in a TGC pulpit confessing his supposed sins in light of the new woke morality. Just one month after the Shepherd's Conference that John Piper is scheduled to speak at, he's speaking at the Acts 29 Conference with Sam Alberry again. And with yet another social justice champion, Matt Chandler, wildly woke, who also recently was involved in an extramarital scandal, who also is wildly charismatic. Five months after the Shepherds Conference, John Piper is scheduled to speak at the Sing 24 Conference, which is the Getty Conference, with none other than Alistair Begg, who, by the way, is still on the Master's Seminary website as a guest lecturer. Reports of John MacArthur rebuking Alistair Begg are untrue. The Sing 24 conference also features Mark Dever, thoroughly woke, and Legan Duncan, once again, the forward writer of Woke Church. This is a public warning to you, the local church I am blessed to pastor, and the broader church. And it's also a call to Pastor John MacArthur, Phil Johnson, and the entire pastoral staff and elder board at GCC to repent of inviting John Piper, or to repent of their professed biblical convictions against Sam Albury's same-sex attracted apostasy, to repent of saying that TGC is Christianity astray, as recent as a week ago, when you're inviting TGC's premier Prophet, John Piper, to speak in your own pulpit, representing Christianity astray, 
to what? Lead Christianity astray from John MacArthur's pulpit at Shepherd's Conference, where thousands of elders and pastors from around the world will gather to be edified, only they will be led astray through the corrupting influence of TGC's star prophet, John Piper. Turn your Bibles, please, to Titus chapter 1, verses 5 through 16. For this reason I left you in Crete, that you should set in order the things that are lacking and appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. If a man is blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of dissipation or insubordination, for a bishop must be blameless as a steward of God, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but hospitable, a lover of what is good, sober-minded, just, holy, self-controlled, holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine, both to exhort and convict those who contradict. For there are many insubordinate, both idle talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole households, teaching things which they ought not for the sake of dishonest gain. One of them, a prophet of their own, said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. This testimony is true. Therefore rebuke them sharply, that they may be sound in the faith, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men who turn from the truth. To the pure, all things are pure, but to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure, but even their mind and conscience are defiled. They profess to know God, but in works they deny Him, being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work." This is a charge from God, a command from God to every pastor. It opens up with pastoral, moral qualifications. And then there is one qualification for the job, pastor, for the calling, pastor. You must be able to do this, holding fast the faithful word, holding fast. You've got a tight grip on it. You're not letting loose of it. You're going to be strong. You're going to be courageous, whether in season or out of season. You're going to meditate on it day and night, and you're going to preach it. You're going to proclaim it. You're going to define it. You're going to defend it. You're going to do it, apply it, like Joshua 1.8 commands. Holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught, as he has been taught. I have been taught for over 25 years to hold fast the faithful word by Pastor John MacArthur. I'm going to do what he taught me to do. I'm going to do what the scriptures command. That he may be able by sound doctrine, both to exhort and convict those who contradict. By sound doctrine. Years ago, I dismissed John Piper as unsound because he is a charismatic but not just any charismatic. He's a charismatic open to an ongoing New Testament gifting of errant prophecy. And I said, that's dangerous. I can no longer recommend him. I will not quote him. And you search my sermons, you'll find that to be true. Over the years since, John Piper has proven that indeed his charismatic doctrine is dangerous as he is open to the Holy Spirit doing all sorts 
of wondrous, nutty, abominable things. John Piper has become the champion of the nutty, of the abominable, of the heretic. He's a champion for Beth Moore, a friend and defender, a pulpit share with Beth Moore. He's a champion for Doug Wilson, the pervert pastor from Idaho, friend of Roman Catholicism, brother of Roman Catholics, brother of G.K. Chesterton, counter-reformer. He is a friend and defender of N.T. Wright, the infamous heretic from Great Britain. He has a who's who list. At the top of, perhaps, most famously, is Mark Driscoll, the pornographic diviner, the pornographic prophet who sees people's sexual sins like it's on a movie theater screen and then reports it to them, rebukes them, corrects them, and encourages his congregation to do the same, assuring them that some of them also have this gift, no doubt, and they need to develop it and exercise it. To this day, John Piper is unrepentant of platforming and promoting Mark Driscoll. He says, quote, I have no regrets. It's on his own Desiring God website. Sam Alberry is John Piper's newest bosom buddy. He spoke with him a few months ago. He will speak with him again a few months after the Shepherds Conference. He speaks with him at the TGC conference. He speaks with him at his own conference. He has no less than three video teachings with Sam Albury on his own Desiring God website. He has no less than 11 articles from Sam Albury. The abomination attracted Anglican priest, who also, by the way, no shockers, exceedingly woke and compromised with Roman Catholicism. What is going on. How has this man found his way to John MacArthur's pulpit? How has the man who is the poster boy, the the prophetic poster boy of TGC that Pastor MacArthur just said is Christianity astray, how is that man going to stand in John MacArthur's pulpit? What is going on? Titus 1.9 holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught, that he may be able, be able by sound doctrine, both to exhort and convict those who contradict. I was just giving an example of unsound doctrine. The charismatic doctrine of John Piper of an ongoing, errant, New Testament prophetic gift. There's a massive crack in John Piper's theological armor that has led to all this theological and moral insanity as he champions a who's who of corrupt individuals that supposedly GCC, Pastor MacArthur, the Shepherds Conference, can't countenance, to use a word I've recently become familiar with. But it's not enough to say you can't countenance it. You must not promote it. You must not platform it. You must not champion it simultaneously as saying, I can't countenance it. Because the Word of God and the God of the Word commands elders to hold fast the faithful word as he has been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and convict those who contradict. That's my job. That's every pastor and every elder's job, to exhort and convict those who contradict. To what end? Verse 10, 
for there are many insubordinate. This is not a shocker that there are insubordinate false teachers teaching false doctrines. I'm not shocked that John Piper's a false teacher teaching false doctrine. I'm not shocked that Alistair Begg's a false teacher teaching dangerous false doctrine. The Bible tells me. And the Bible records historically that in the first century, it was already afoot in the church. And Satan's devices have not changed. He raises them up from within and he brings them from without. There are many insubordinate, both idle talkers, insubordinate. I charge John Piper with insubordination on the authority of God's Word. I charge Alistair Begg with insubordination on the authority of God's Word. They're insubordinate to Jesus Christ, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Why were they ever invited to the Shepherds' Conference? These TGC men, these ministry partners of Tim Keller, David Robertson, and again, a who's who of theological and moral corruption. A who's who of woke social justice warriors. For there are many insubordinate, both idle talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole households, whose mouths must be stopped. That's the command. That's the goal. Stop their mouths. Not platform them, not put them in your pulpit, not give them the largest, most conservative, biblical microphone, and now camera, and website, and global reach at the Shepherds Conference to spread their Christianity astray corruption. Shut their mouths. Don't give their mouth an opportunity. Shut their mouth. Rebuke them by name before all, that the rest may also fear. Exhort and convict those who contradict. They're contradicting our King. They're contradicting our Lord. They're contradicting His Word. They're contradicting His morality. They're contradicting His Gospel. Exhort and convict those who contradict. Their mouths need to be stopped. Why? Because they subvert whole households, teaching things which they ought not for the sake of dishonest gain. Big Eva has turned into big business, and there's no denying it. Verse 16, they profess to know God, but in works they deny Him, being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified, disqualified for every good work. Alistair Begg, disqualified. John Piper, disqualified. And all those would-be internet champions who have taken out their little rubber swords and wielded them against Beth Moore endlessly with tweet after tweet and Facebook post after Facebook post, it's to their shame that they're silent. Oh, they, they stand up like real strong men against a little blonde woman saying, go home. Where are they with Doug Wilson, the darling of the Reformed movement, the pervert, Catholicism promoter? He's an open door to Rome. He's a counter-reformer and an abuser of women using perverted language to malign women. Where are they? 
with John Piper. Oh, you know where they are? They're clamoring for the opportunity to clap for him at the Shepherds Conference. To sit under him and adore him. To fawn over him. Where are they with Alistair Begg? Most of them are defending him or commending those who have been silent and just prayed. Oh, let's not pretend to be men because we stand up against a little blonde, charismatic lady. Oh, who, by the way, is a friend and ministry partner, pulpit share with John Piper. They profess to know God, but in works they deny him, being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. Their mouths need to be stopped who subvert whole households, exhort and convict those who contradict. Every true minister of God's word and gospel should equally loathe trivial controversy and apathetic silence where controversy is required. Hear that again. Every true minister of God's word and gospel should equally loathe trivial controversy and apathetic silence where controversy is required. Moses, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Peter, Paul, and the Lord Jesus caused much controversy with believers and non-believers alike. Love of God, love of neighbor, and love of truth require controversy. On October 8th, 2022, I put out a post publicly saying this, it's a troubling day. Men are all over social media celebrating the supposed, quote, beautiful reunion of modern-day biblical champions of truth at the Puritan Conference hosted by GCC and spoken at by Pastor John MacArthur. But if you tell me Driscoll, Beth, Chan, Warren, Keller, TGC, social justice, and woke are really bad, and they are, how are John Piper and Legan Duncan who were invited to speak at the Puritan Conference at GCC in MacArthur's pulpit, good. Piper's been pulpit sharing and conference slumming with a who's who of sketchy female cursing heretic preachers for years. Duncan went woke very publicly and tearfully. His name is on a book titled Woke Church, an urgent call for Christians in America to confront racism and injustice. And he's a longtime member of the wildly woke TGC board alongside Tim Keller. Justin Peters rightly placed Legan Duncan in the, quote, not recommended category at GCC's 2022 Truth Matters Conference. GCC hasn't invited Duncan, Dever, or Moeller back to the Shepherds Conference since their capitulation to social justice resulted in the most uncomfortable Q&A in Shepherds Conference history. Piper hasn't been in GCC's pulpit since he went completely sideways with Mark Driscoll. Why the flip-flop? Why the reunion? Was there an amazing repentance and repudiation that we all missed? Does two plus two still equal four? Not three? It's absurd. That's the point. How are these men now trustworthy sources of biblical teaching worthy of promoting and platforming in GCC's pulpit, John MacArthur's pulpit? Do you realize the influence that lends them both immediately in the context of that day and hour they stand in it and for the years to come, the years to follow? Again, I posted that which I just read to you in October of 2022, noting the compromise and hypocrisy involved with the inclusion of John Piper at the Puritan Conference. The defense of Piper's inclusion was basically to say, it isn't a GCC conference. It's just hosted by GCC. And John MacArthur's just speaking at it. 
Therefore, he isn't accountable for the other speakers, which is, of course, nonsense. Deceptive nonsense. The defense given then is now null and void, with GCC and John MacArthur directly inviting and platforming John Piper at their conference, the Truth Triumphs Conference, where truth has just been sold. In a truly sad and shocking display of double-mindedness, Pastor John MacArthur just publicly declared TGC, T4G, together for the gospel, and MLK50, and the men associated with it, to be, quote, Christianity astray. He just did that a week ago. And yet, John Piper is a diehard TGC, T4G man, and was a MLK50 speaker. He's a promoter and defender of Beth Moore, Doug Wilson, N.T. Wright, Mark Driscoll, Tim Keller, and Sam Albury, and is a pulpit share with Matt Chandler, Legan Duncan, and the rest of the woke social justice compromised who's who crowd. Think on this soberly, saints. John MacArthur's invited John Piper to stand in the exact same pulpit he just last week declared John Piper and all his TGC, T4G ministry partners to be Christianity astray in. There's no possible defense of this. It pains me to say it. MacArthur's duplicity has made the Shepherds Conference and his own pulpit an open door for John Piper and TGC's liberal, egalitarian, woke, social justice, same-sex attracted Christian apostasy that John MacArthur rightly judged as Christianity astray. What is my pastoral duty? What is every pastor's duty in light of these tragic and indisputable facts? And I invite anyone to dispute them. Our responsibility is to refute those who contradict, to exhort and convict, to warn God's people, to speak truth and love, and oh yes, to pray for their repentance and the repentance of all those involved, all those compromising, but not just to pray, as has been the hue and cry as of late. Oh, just pray. Peace, peace, where there is no peace. We are not only not refuting those who contradict, we're not only not exhorting and convicting, we're platforming those who contradict in the most influential pulpit on the planet. John Piper, in two weeks' time, will stand in John MacArthur's pulpit, the pulpit that my wife and children and I sat in front of at the Strange Fire Conference, exposing charismatic doctrine and the dangers thereof. Eleven years later, after that charismatic chaos conference, that strange fire conference, the need to teach sound doctrine and refute those who contradict, the need to exhort and convict is greater than ever. When John MacArthur and two of the upcoming G3 cessationist conference speakers, Phil Johnson and Mike Riccardi, are sharing the pulpit with a highly influential, charismatic teacher of errant New Testament prophecy, who once again is also an unrepentant promoter and defender of pornographic divination, Mark Driscoll. John MacArthur and the pastoral and elder staff of GCC have burned their Dallas statement, their stand against the social justice movement. They have put the match to it. They have burned John MacArthur's charismatic chaos book. 
they have made themselves to be hypocritical, foolish men for their strong statement that has been, again, repeated endlessly. Go home to Beth Moore. When they invite Beth Moore's pulpit partner and defender into their pulpit. They need to apologize to Beth Moore. But let me focus in on this. Let me drill down on this. Because this is John Piper's new passion, Sam Albury. On that issue alone, what is going on? On that issue alone, Pastor MacArthur, Phil Johnson, Mike Riccardi, the entire pastoral staff and elder board of GCC have brought shame upon themselves with their invitation of John Piper to stand in their pulpit, wielding influence to lead Christianity astray. John Piper holds the same biblically bankrupt position as Sam Albury and his woke TGC brothers. There's no such thing, saints, as same-sex attraction. There is abominable lust, homosexual lust, vile passion, etc. Those are the biblical terms and moral realities that we cannot replace with Sam Albury and John Piper's deceptive and morally neutral term, same-sex attraction. Here's a quote from John Piper. Quote, Whether sexual orientation can change or not, Hearts can change and turn any sexual orientation into an occasion for the glory of Christ. Those with same-sex attraction glorify Christ through sexual abstinence and through the enrichment of significant Christ-exalting relationships in other ways. Now that statement is laden with Sam Albury's false doctrine, his same-sex-attracted apostasy doctrine that is an assault on biblical truth and biblical grammar. Sam Albury is John Piper's bosom buddy, his new friend, his new Mark Driscoll. TGC has raised Sam Albury up to be their champion, their go-to same-sex attracted Christian specialist, teacher, preacher, counselor, and author, who we're told we, we must hear, we must read, and we must get behind. Sam Albury and Jackie Hill Perry are in the lead, and we're all told to follow them. TGC released an article titled, Christians, It's Time to Go on the Offensive, and the name is so deceptive. In it, they explain their constant quoting and promoting and showcasing and deferring to Sam Albury and Jackie Hill Perry's same-sex attracted Christian instruction, counsel, and writings. Here's the excerpt. It says this, Likewise, when it comes to other areas of cultural engagement, we need to let our most credible voices speak. In a world where Christians are seen as homophobic bigots, we need to get behind the biblically faithful, same-sex attracted Christians God has raised up to speak for and to His church. In a world where Christianity is dismissed as a white man's religion, we need to get behind biblically faithful men and women of color. In a world where Christianity is thought to denigrate women, we need to get behind biblically faithful, rhetorically gifted women, particularly on issues like abortion, where being pro-life is often falsely equated with being anti-woman. None of this means bowing to identity politics. Truth is truth, whoever is voicing it. 
But God has raised up leaders whose voices can be heard. We need to field our A-team in the public square, and the rest of us must follow their lead. John Piper is following the A-team's lead. It's Satan's A-team. TGC's A-team is Satan's A-team, not God's. Homophobic, one of the words, means an irrational and biblical fear of the scorn of a God-hating culture given over to the embrace, celebration, and defense of homosexual perversion. That's what it truly means. An irrational or unbiblical fear of the scorn of a God-hating culture given over to the embrace, celebration, and defense of homosexual perversion. That's the biblical meaning of homophobic, but that's not what they mean. TGC's article is an open confession of what we've been seeing for years, years, and what Alistair Begg and John Piper have been part of with TGC for years. Alistair Begg's recent abominable counsel and assault on the character of pastors who critique it is only the tip of the iceberg. There is a vast, vast iceberg beneath the surface. The article is an open confession of what we've been seeing for some time. The leadership of TGC, T4G, and Nine Marks are indeed homophobic. When you fear being called a homophobic bigot by a homosexual-crazed world to the point you're willing to exchange God's biblical moral terms, abomination, vile passion, against nature, shameful, etc., for the world's amoral terms, same-sex attracted, gay, LGBTQI, etc., you are in fact homophobic. When you exchange God's grammar for the world's neutral, even positive grammar, you are homophobic. You're fearing sinful man and a culture given over to perversion more than you're fearing God. When you fear God alone, you stand by God's vocabulary. Homophobic men systematically exchange God's sin-condemning terms for the world's non-condemning terms because they fear homosexuals and are perverse, God-hating Romans 1, 18-32 cultures wrath more than they fear God. By their own confession, the homophobic men behind TGC believe Sam Albury and Jackie Hill Perry to be the most credible evangelical voices to speak our message to the unbelieving world where Christians are seen as homophobic bigots. Again, that's a quote. The world where Christians are seen as homophobic bigots. Having forgotten the fear of God, TGC's homophobic leaders are trembling before homosexual activists and a world gone mad in its embrace and celebration of all things, Romans 1, 18-32. Hear me. They also are all professed Calvinists, reformed, believers in God's sovereign grace. And yet, just like Alistair Begg's recent counsel to grandma to go to the transgender wedding out of compassion so that she doesn't prove that we are what? Judgmental bigots, but rather in an act of love and affection will reach him for Christ. This is anti-Calvinism. This is anti-sovereign grace. This is anti-Bible. The scriptures make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. This is anti-law. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. This is anti-fear of God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It's anti-Holy Spirit. John 16, the Lord Jesus speaking. When he comes, he will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. This is the result of their intense fear. Their intense fear of being 
seen as homophobic bigots for believing the Bible and using God's biblical terms has transformed them into homophobic leaders who are actively, habitually, and dogmatically exchanging the truth of God for the same-sex attracted Christian lies Sam Alberry and Jackie Hill Perry are selling in their books and through their conference speaking fees. In full homophobic panic, TGC and much of the evangelical world have thrown off God's biblical vocabulary terms as unnecessary, distasteful, divisive, unloving, judgmental, even harmful. Certainly a stumbling block to the gospel. Thus, you put on a pretty dress, Grandma. You buy a gift, you wrap it, and you attend the wedding, which is no wedding at all, but a blasphemy of marriage. You need only listen to Legan Duncan's Legionnaire Conference Q&A commentary or do a quick survey of Sam Albury's Living Out .org website, or read Jackie Hill Perry's Gay Girl, Good God, to see how God's truth, moral terms, and holy commands are being exchanged for the world's lies, amoral terms, and perverse counsel. TGC, T4G, and Nine Marks, esteemed leaders need to be warned that homophobia is a form of cowardice, and coward is another unpopular biblical term found very near abominable in Revelation 21 verse 8 the list of those who will abide in hell. TGC's article deceptively assures evangelicals that God has raised up biblically faithful, same-sex attracted Christians to speak for and to his church. A vast deception in that statement. And that we, quote, need to field our A-team in the public square and the rest of us must follow their lead. There are so many problems with that statement. Foremost, there are no biblically faithful, same-sex attracted Christians as TGC, Sam Albury, and Jackie Hill Perry define them. Bible-believing Christians need to categorically reject and expose TGC, Sam Albury, and Jackie Hill Perry's exchange of God's true gospel for a same-sex attracted Christian false gospel that leaves men and women perpetually enslaved to what the Bible calls abominable, unnatural, shameful, vile passions. Let's just think for just a second. Same-sex attracted Christian. Let's just change the sin. Let's just Put the sin in its own context, in its own neighborhood in Leviticus. Where is same-sex attraction found? Well, it's called abomination in Leviticus. And it's found between two other sins. Let me think. Oh, yes. Child sacrifice and bestiality. So we have child sacrifice attracted Christians. We have beast attracted Christians. No, we don't. We have unrepentant, unregenerate men and women who need to repent to confess Christ as Lord. We need to think biblically. We need to use biblical terminology. We need to keep this sin in its neighborhood, the neighborhood that God put it in. Not mean Pastor Chuck O'Neill, the bigot, the homophobe. Bible-believing Christians need to categorically reject and expose this. They boast the perverse acting out and unholy feeding of their vile passions through supposedly non-sexual hand-holding, hugging, cuddling, and kissing within live-in or casual relationships with other men and women who identify as same-sex attracted Christians. Are you hearing me? That's right. Sam Albury's website encouraged sodomy-attracted, quote, Christian men to live with sodomy-attracted Christian men to hold hands, to hug, to cuddle, to kiss, and raise children together as all being moral 
good, healthy Christian behavior. Those of us who still hold fast to sanity and to the biblical definition of repentance found in 2 Corinthians 7.11 must reject TGC's false repentance that leaves men and women perpetually enslaved to vile passions. Those of us who still believe the gospel of Jesus Christ saves sinners from both the eternal penalty and indwelling power of sin must reject TGC's false gospel that leaves men and women enslaved to perversion and acting out under the guise of sanctified, same-sex, attracted Christian affection. We must not follow the lead of TGC, T4G, and Nine Marks, A-Team, but instead follow the righteous lead of the Apostle Paul and stand firmly against their A-Team's perverse, sodomy-attracted Christian cuddle club. We must not follow the lead of Tabidi, Ron Burns, Mark Dever, Kevin Young, Legan Duncan, Tim Keller, Albert Moeller, Russell Moore, Ray Ortland, John Piper, David Platt, and Sam Storms but instead follow the gospel-defending lead of the Apostle Paul and stand firmly against their A-team, same-sex-attracted Christian apostasy. A few examples from Sam Ellberry's livingout.org website. Celibate, same-sex couples. This is what I have termed a sodomy-attracted Christian cuddle club. Now, this was written by Sean Doherty, Sam Ellberry's ministry partner for years, who he defended ruthlessly as a man of God even after Sam Albert was called on the carpet for these disgusting words I'm about to read to you. Quote, We recently posted Becoming Christians, What If You Are an SSA Couple? Same-sex attracted. Couple. My take on a question we are often asked, if a couple come to believe they should cease the sexual aspect of their relationship, does that mean that the couple ought to separate, or is it right for them to continue living together? While some couples do choose to part ways, I argued that's not the only possible good outcome. Perhaps especially if they have children, they could well continue to live together, sharing their lives with one another in Christian community. This is one way of ensuring they have intimate, close relationship, which God made us all to need. Without the sexual aspect, it has become more of a friendship than a romantic relationship. Holding back from sexual intimacy doesn't spell an end to physical intimacy, not for a moment. Incidentally, this highlights that at living out, there is no sense in which we are against same-sex relationships as such. There are so many wonderful, positive things about same-sex relationships, and the Bible's full of good examples of them. That's so profoundly evil. David and Jonathan shared a deep covenanted commitment to protect and help one another. Ruth and Naomi shared life and faith in a way that benefited them both and formed part of God's mission plan for his people. Jesus and his disciples were on the road together day in and day out. Even Jesus needed friendship. The intimacy, fun, loyalty, companionship, and faith encouragement aspects of same-sex relationships are great, and they can, of course, be a healthy environment to nurture children. Our point is simply that we think such relationships should be friendships rather than relationships in the contemporary romantic sense, and as such, we believe a sexual element is not right for them. I expect that some thoughtful people would disagree with me. But another set of questions came in, which I wasn't expecting, but I should have. People want to know, if we stop the sexual side of our relationship, how far is it okay to go in in terms of physical affection for one another? If sex is off the agenda, what about stuff that isn't sex but expresses the love between them, like kissing? 
In the terms of an age-old youth group question, how far can you go before it counts as sex? It's a fair question. And the answer, I think, is simple. In theory, but hard to get our heads around in our culture. Sexual activity and intimacy is obviously about a lot more than sex itself. So my take on this is the right thing to do and ultimately the best thing for you individually and as a couple would be to hold back from sexual intimacy as a whole, not just sex itself. That is including romantic, sexual kissing, touching, etc. But, and this takes me back to my first point, Holding back from sexual intimacy doesn't spell an end to physical intimacy, not for a moment. Our culture finds it hard to distinguish between the two, but there are wonderful ways to be physically close to other people without being sexually close to them. We hug and kiss our friends and relatives in non-sexual ways. We hold hands with children. Some people, especially guys, love to play fight, and it goes on. So let's change this. Again, changing The context a bit helps you understand how evil that counsel is. According to what he just wrote, if we play fight with our neighbor's wife, if we cuddle with her, if we hold her hand, you know, we're just being a good neighbor, just being a friend, right? Just fulfilling the God-given intimacy needs that we have in Christian context. No, that's madness. Now, you should know Sam Albury's website has been scrubbed because it came under scrutiny. Scrutiny that I labored to bring it beneath. But there was no repentance. No repentance. Sam Albury has since distanced himself from his former ministry partners and is no longer part of livingout.org, but he commended them on the way out as faithful Christian brothers. This was also on his website, titled, If Your Child is a Child or a Young Person. In this season of life, parents have a particular role in leading their children in a hopefully growing relationship with Christ and helping them to discover that following Him is good and truly fulfilling. For example, it would be fair and responsible for parents to have no boyfriends, no girlfriends overnight in the same room rule as one of several healthy boundaries about work, alcohol, money, and so on. Of course, all boundaries need to be in the context of a loving, accepting relationship in which the child is secure and knows that the rules are for their own good. It also helps if a family can talk about the good gift of sex and sexuality openly and honestly according to a child's age. This enables them to understand not simply the boundaries, but the reasons for them. And it should go without saying that any family rule about same-sex boyfriends or girlfriends should also apply to opposite-sex ones. What? Another way in which age is a factor is that labeling yourself as gay, bisexual, and transgender from a young age may not be helpful. Uh, This goes just the same for young people who are desperate to label themselves as straight in order to fit in. And so, you know, if you allow your heterosexual son to have his girlfriend sleep over, you have your homosexual son, it's got to be fair. If your heterosexual son can go to the prom with a girl, then your homosexual son can go to the prom with a boy, according to Sam Albury's website. This counsel is just from the pit of hell. What if your child's an adult and comes out? What does Sam Albury's website say about that? Quote, if your child is an adult and not living at home, then it's important to recognize that they are already making their own decisions and living their own life. Some people feel very uncomfortable with the idea, for example, of their adult children having a sexual partner to stay overnight in the same room. 
In my view, Christ's call to show hospitality and acceptance in such a situation outweighs the need to send a message about whether a sexual relationship is right or not. In other words, you should have your adult son visit you with his homosexual lover and you should put them up for the night and not, you know, judge them. So what? So they feel your compassion, so they feel your love, so they don't feel judged, so they might get saved. Sound familiar? Where do you think Alistair Begg got this corruption? He has long been a ministry partner of TGC, Tim Keller, Sam Albury, and the horde of evil men that John MacArthur described as Christianity astray. Church discipline is precisely that, church discipline. It can only be exercised by the church, not individuals. Of course, you may want to talk through your beliefs with your child, provided you also listen to them explain theirs. But that can be done through an adult-to-adult conversation in which each person is able to share their opinions. This is in the context of your son or daughter wanting to bring their same sex, same gender lover into your home to sleep over. Quote, remember, if you disagree with their point of view, then by definition, they disagree with yours. So grace is needed on both sides. I don't have just a disagreement. No, I have the sword of the Spirit. I have the fire and the hammer of God. I hate this council. It's from the pit of hell, the same place that Alistair Begg's council came from, and the same place that John Piper's new same-sex attracted doctrines, teachings are coming from. Again, from the livingout.org website, attempting to change someone's sexual orientation assumes that being gay is somehow more problematic than being straight. We believe that heterosexuality as we encounter it in this world is just as fallen as homosexuality. We could go on and on. In April of 2019, TGC at the behest of Al Mohler, at the behest of Chuck O'Neill, who would not let go of his hand in March of 2019 at the Shepherds Conference, who looked him in the eye and said, why are you platforming and championing Sam Albury and his perversion in Christ's church? And he said, Chuck, I hear you. I understand your concerns. It's going to be dealt with. A month later, it was. March, April. Only it wasn't dealt with at all. It was merely a cover-up, which I titled TGC Same-Sex Attracted Christian Apostasy Cover-Up. Because in the cover-up, where Sam Albury sat down in front of a camera with Jonathan Lehman, Mark Dever's right-hand guy, Sam Albury defended livingout.org. Sam Albury defended the authors of these twisted, perverted, disgusting articles as men of God, champions of faith. Sam Albury backed up off of nothing, apologized for nothing, repented of nothing. Sam Albury accused me and every other man like me, and there were far too few of those, accused me, not by name, but he accused his critics of twisting his words. The words I just read you from the livingout.org website. Our words, and my friend, my ministry partner's words, were twisted. And so I apologize for writing in such a way, and communicating in such a way, so that our words, my words, could be twisted. 
It was just a cover-up. And then he announced that he was stepping away from livingout.org, his previous ministry and his previous ministry partners, because he has a new gig. He's the darling. He's the star. He's the A-team of TGC and John Piper and Desiring God with 11 articles and three on-camera interviews with John Piper on DesiringGod.org. Speaking with John Piper just before Shepherd's Conference, with John Piper just after Shepherd's Conference. What is going on? The compromise is vast. The cover-up is vast. And it's not just Al Mohler or Mark Dever or Jonathan Lehman covering it up. Pretending to be faithful. Pretending to stand against Christianity astray while helping lead Christianity astray. Through consistent compromise. Consistent silence. Consistent peace, peace where there is no peace. Consistent commendation of just being quiet and praying. Consistent rebuke of anyone who dares stand up and say, the emperor has no clothes. You know what? It breaks my heart. Where's the love, GCC elder board? Where's the love, Phil Johnson, for John MacArthur? Love him enough to say you're standing naked before God and men. You're shaming yourself and your legacy. You're playing the hypocrite before all, and it's undeniable. Oh, dear pastor, oh, dear elder, oh, dear brother, we can't do this. Where's the love? There are like 40 elders. Stand up, men. And all the boys who like to pull their sword and stab Beth Moore relentlessly with it, stand up or quit pretending to be men. Quit pretending to be swordsmen. Just fall silent. This is a needed, needed word. May those that hear it today heed it and pray accordingly. May those that hear in the days ahead heed it and pray accordingly. Titus 1.9 Holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and convict those who contradict. Verse 11, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole households, teaching things which they ought not for the sake of dishonest gain. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Father, we commit this to you. We commit the situation to you. We commit all these men to you. We pray that you would be glorified, that you would do work far beyond our strength, far beyond what mere men's words can affect, that you would purify your church, that you would bring reformation, that you would bring revival, that you would send Pastor MacArthur men that truly love him and love Christ that will stand up and speak truth. And that he will finish strong, that he would yet finish strong, that he would change course, that he would publicly repent of this and yet be a champion of genuine grace and truth, standing against 
the forces of Christianity astray that he is presently aiding and abetting. And we pray it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.